welcome to King's Arms Online. We're so glad you have joined us this morning. Um, my name's Katie, this is Steve. Hey, really good to have you. We are out in a barn today and there's a fly on my head, but you can ignore that. Um, and uh, we're in the sunshine, but enjoying it. And uh, yeah, we really are pleased to have you here online with us. And uh, I thought we'd start just with a quick story because I always think it's fun to hear something of what God is doing. And so um, uh, last week I was out and about in town just looking for opportunities to, to bless people and to, to share God's love. And we got chatting to this, um, uh, these two guys who were, who were kind of on the street and, uh, you know, through the midst of the conversation and buying them a drink, I asked them about the three circles. Have they ever seen the three circles? Which is a kind of gospel tool that we've talked about and we've talked about before on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And um, so whilst I walked them through the kind of good news of Jesus and they were leaning in and they were excited, they were kind of engaged with it. Neither of them wanted to put their trust in Jesus at that point. And so in one respect, I thought, you know, well, I've, I've kind of done my bit. That's all you can do. But then mm -hmm. went to um, uh, my phone this morning and heard from a friend of mine who was there with me on the day. And he's like, Steve, Steve, you'll never believe kind of what's happened. This morning, one of these guys, came uh, in to, to sort of see him and said, you know, that he wanted to find out more about Jesus. They looked at the Bible together and this morning he gave his life to Jesus. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's thing? so good. It kind of just reminded me of, 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 a, of a couple of verses in, in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 3, where it says, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered." This was Paul speaking, but it was God who made it grow. Mm. And I think it's so critical in the midst of how we always want to kind of reach out and love those people around us. That we realize that whilst he draws us in to play a part, it's God who really makes a difference. So good, so good. Great to hear stories like that, isn't it? And uh, one thing we want to tell you about in the midst of all oh, we're pressing into God this summer, we will actually be pausing these hosted online um, services through the summer to give the team a bit of a break. So you are so welcome. I'd encourage you. I've been loving going to King's Arms in-person gatherings there that's at 9:30 on Sundays and 11:30 on Sundays but alternatively we will still be posting online a preach and a worship non-hosted each week so you're welcome to pop into that and then sometime in August we'll put out an announcement about what we'll be doing next Fantastic. Well, listen, right now, though, we are going to worship. And so I would encourage you, no matter what's going on around you, to kind of put your spoon and your cereal down, to put your coffee cup down, because we want to fix our eyes on Jesus. We want to worship him and give our time to, 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 to him. OK, so uh, let me just pray for us and then we'll dive into worship. Yeah, Father God, I want to thank you that even in our, in our homes and our uh, lounges, bedrooms, kitchens, offices midweek, God, no matter where we are right now, we have the opportunity of meeting and encountering you. Mm. And so God, we bless you this morning. We say, God, come and uh, make yourself present with us. May we glorify your name and may it do good to us as we mm. sing and give our adoration to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I hear the Saviour say, well, thy strength indeed is small. And child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. And Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Save my lips 
shall still repeat and when and when before the throne I stand in him complete Jesus died my soul to save my lips shall still repeat Jesus paid it
Yes, we thank you, Father, that you are so faithful and consistent and good. Yes. I thank you that um, you're stable, you're, you're our firm foundation. You never change. Yes. We thank you for the truths that we've declared and we thank you for the privilege of adoring you and expressing our adoration of you in worship. Yes, God. I just pray, uh, yeah, that you'll, you'll help us just to have continue with the, that stillness of heart that just pours our adoration to you and just entrust to our Father that you are good. You are for us. Yes. You are not against us. And no matter the circumstances we're in, Thank you for worship, that it is our opportunity to, to fix our gaze on you and to remember the eternal God, the yeah, Alpha and Omega, yes. the beginning and the end. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. Mm. You calm the storms. We thank you, Jesus, for, for what you have done to bring us into relationship with our Father. We just speak still over the storms in life yes. right now. We say, even now, even now, just bring a stability where there's chaos, bring a calm, yes. bring a peace. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Yeah, no matter where you are right now, it's both my heart, my desire, my anticipation, mm. actually, that the peace of God would, would come and rest with you. Even mm. as Katie's praying right now, just... Turn your attention to his presence. Just be aware of the fact that his spirit is with you. Mm. And we want to thank you, God, that you do provide a peace. You give us a peace that goes beyond understanding. And I want to pray that will be a really tangible thing right now for every single person who's, who's tuning in, every single person who's watching right now. God, would they know your peace? The protection over their minds and their hearts. Thank you, Lord. And just while we're in this place of, of stillness, I also just felt like I wanted to pray, just particularly for those people who have um, felt like God gave me two words of knowledge about kind of ankle pain mm. and about uh, difficulties with digestion in their stomach. And so if, if you know that either of those two things relates to you, just in, in, in faith, just respond right now before God. And, and I want to uh, pray and declare healing over your body. Yeah. Father, I want to thank you that you speak. And there are times when supernaturally, Lord, that you give mm. us these words to be able to encourage, but also fulfill your purposes. And so in the name of Jesus, I speak healing over people who have got pain in their ankles right now, whether it's through injury or some other issue. God, I, I just pray healing right now. I pray for full mobility, mm. pray for a strengthening of, of bone and tissue and uh, ligaments and, and, and all the other tendons and things that are down there and declare, God, your kingdom come on earth and in these ankles as it is in heaven. And I also want to pray, Lord, that you would um, bring peace actually to those people who, who wrestle with stomach complaints mm. and that you know, God again would be a, a, a healing and a strengthening for those people who are struggling with discomfort right now as they mm. eat and God that you would just release your kingdom and we declare healing and um, that everything functionally through the stomach would work really well mm. just as it should in Jesus name mm. amen mm. amen well listen it really is great to have you with us if you joined us part way through worship my name is Steve Wilson this is Katie and uh, we're thrilled to, to have you join us at King's Arms online right now we are going to hear another amazing testimony of something that God is doing so let's welcome Claire so hi my name's Claire and I'd love to share this story with you and this story is a story of healing um, and about the Holy Spirit getting my attention when I was just out on a walk so um, I was just walking in the park and uh, a man was coming towards me, pushing a pram, and I just stepped aside to let him pass. And uh, he noticed I did that and he looked up and he said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I was looking at my grandson. I just can't take my eyes off him. And as he said that, as he said those words, I just thought that's how God feels about us. And I sensed the Holy Spirit and, um, I stopped to chat and to, to look at his beautiful grandson who was sleeping in the pram. And as we were talking, I noticed that he had um, 
a large brace on his right knee and his leg looked pretty scarred. And I just asked him, I said, hey, um, Paul, what, what have you done? What have you done to your knee? And he told me that 25 years ago, he'd had a terrible motorcycle accident. And as a result, um, he nearly lost his leg below his knee, but they'd managed to rebuild it. And I said to him, you know, do you, do you have pain as a result of that? And he said, oh yes, he said, I'm dependent on painkillers. He said, if I don't take painkillers at night, um, he said, the pain wakes me up. And so I said, has anyone ever offered to pray for you, Paul? And he looked really shocked and he said, no, no one's ever said that to me before. And I said, I'm a Christian and I believe Jesus loves to heal. I've seen Jesus heal people many times, knees, backs. Um, I said, just the other day, I heard of somebody who was healed, uh, their foot was healed. And I told him the story. And I said, I've come to know God as a father who loves us. And just like you can't take your eyes off your grandson, that's how God feels about each one of us. I said, could I, could I pray for your knee? I said, I could just pray here now. And he said, really? He said, what do I have to do? And I said, you don't have to do anything. And, um, and so I prayed for him. And as I looked up, I could see he was brushing tears away from his eyes. And he said to me, I never cry, but that moved me so much. And then he said, what are the chances of me being out on a walk at this time? He said, I could, have, I could have been walking earlier or later, and if I had, I'd have missed this conversation with you. And I said, um, how's your knee? Um, how's it doing? And he said, uh, well, I can't test it out at the moment because I took pain relief this morning. But he said, when I go home tonight, I'm not gonna take my painkillers, and then I'll let you know tomorrow how it is. And um, as, I, as I walked away, I prayed for Paul, and when I got home, I rang a friend and we prayed together. And the next morning, this is the text that I, this is the message that I got from him. He said, wow, no painkillers last night. Doing my walk now and it feels good. I've been taking those pills for many years. I'd love to meet you in person just to say thank you. And so Tony and I, my husband, we're, we're gonna you know, go for a walk soon and hopefully follow up with him. Thanks so much for sharing, Claire. Uh, you are always such an inspiration to mm. us and we're so grateful to you. Hey, listen, as we always do, we do want to just say thank you so much for those people who give into the life of the church. And so uh, for, for whether you've got a standing order or a direct debit or whether it is the case that you uh, look to give in other ways, we just want to say we really appreciate that. And if you do give online, the uh, link will be up on the screen now. It's kingsarms.org slash donate. I have the great privilege of welcoming our preacher. It's a woman who has led us so well in our community, Wendy Mann. And so just as we prepare to receive from Wendy, why not um, just posture in your heart, just recognize actually she has been uh, digging into God for, for years and um, specifically for this message for hours. And we just ask, yeah, that we would be able to receive something as she speaks to us today. So enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, it is such a privilege to be speaking to you this morning, um, continuing our series looking at the Gospel of Mark. And our series is called Broken, Lost and Found, Jesus Brings Us Home. And so we're looking through the Gospel of Mark. We're looking at what Jesus teaches us about the Father and the fact that he has entered into our brokenness and our lostness to bring us home to the Father. And I uh, just want to say really quickly, if you're tuning in to this message and you don't yet know Jesus, you wouldn't, you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian, I just want to tell you, you have got a Father in heaven who loves you passionately uh, with an everlasting love and he has made you to be in relationship with him. And I just know that as I speak uh, this morning that Jesus is really wanting to reveal more of the Father to you. So, so thanks so much for tuning in and I hope this really blesses you. But we're going to be looking at a, a very familiar story this morning from Mark chapter 8 and it's the feeding of the 4,000. And I'm aware that as we look at this, 
this story, we could miss the awe and wonder of what Jesus does in this story and what he teaches us about the Father because it's so familiar. Because even if we're not familiar with the feeding of the 4,000, we definitely have heard about the feeding of the 5,000. We understand the concept of this story. You know, we know that Jesus is with his disciples, there's a big crowd, they've been together for a while. The people are hungry because they've run out of food and Jesus says to his disciples, you feed them, you get, you give them something to eat. And the disciples are like, no way, Jesus, we can't do that. How are we going to do that? Jesus asks, what food have you got? The disciples get a little bit of food, bread and fish. Jesus blesses the food, gives it to the disciples. They hand it out. And everyone eats. And then there's masses of leftovers. We all know the gist of this story. And the danger is we're going to miss the mind-blowing awesomeness of it if we enter into this morning being over familiar and so I want to encourage us as I read this story as we look at this story let's look at it as if it's the first time we're reading it the first time we're hearing it and let's let God really speak to us this morning as we look at this passage so we're going to read in Mark chapter 8 and it's verses 1 to 10 Holy Spirit speak to us Holy Spirit would you open our eyes to see this afresh this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. It says this, about this time, another large crowd had gathered and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They've been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way for some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground and then he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them and broke them into pieces. He gave them to his disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd and a few small fish were found too. So Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. The crowd ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were about 4,000 men in the crowd that day and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. Wow, this is such an incredible story and such an incredible um, example of what the Father's like. Jesus teaches us so much through this story. There's so much we could pull out as we ask the question, you know, what does this teach us about God? What does this teach us about God the Father? What does this teach us about people? There's so much we can pull out, but I just want to pick out just two things, a couple of things for us to look at. And the first is this, God cares about and wants to meet our needs. God cares about and wants to meet our needs. There's a large crowd following Jesus. They've been with him for three days. They've run out of food. And Jesus feels sorry for them because he realizes they're hungry. You know, we don't get any, uh, um, any situation in the scripture. We can't see any situation of the, of the crowd saying they're hungry or complaining or saying we need food. But Jesus just realizes they're hungry. They've, they've run out of food. And he wants to meet their basic need for food, his compassion causes him to want to do something about it and what ends up happening is he does a staggering miracle to meet the basic needs of the people for food and the truth is that we have a father in heaven who is so kind and so loving and so full of compassion that not only does he know our needs but he longs to meet our needs he's the kind of father who will do staggering miracles to make sure we're okay and obviously, he met our ultimate need at the cross. He met our ultimate need at the cross. He made it possible for us to come back into relationship with him, meeting our ultimate need for relationship with God. But now because of the cross, today and every day, the Father is looking out for what we need and longing because of his compassion to meet those needs. And you know, the truth is sometimes we know what our needs are and sometimes we don't, do we? Just a few weeks ago, I was feeling just a bit off and I didn't know what was going on. And I went to spend some time to be with God and I just asked him what was going on. And suddenly I was hit with grief um, around my hysterectomy that happened a couple of years ago. And I then clocked, oh gosh, it's actually literally coming up to two years since my hysterectomy. And 
it was painful it was painful i had three days where it was pretty dark pretty bleak lots of crying lots of desperate crying out to god lots of questions i was meant to be going on a trip that weekend to dundee but i just couldn't face it i just couldn't face it and i spoke to the team there and they were very releasing they they just released me and i sent my team and i stayed home and i ended up having four days with just me and the father and do you know what? I didn't even know I needed it, but it was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed. I just needed some time out with him. And it was actually a, a very precious and sacred time where I just got to be with him. And, you know, he is a father who is so kind and he knows our needs, even when we don't know them. And he loves to rush in because of his compassion to meet our needs. And so what needs do you have right now? physical needs, emotional needs, relational needs. What needs do you have right now? Because I want you to know that Jesus has compassion for you and he is pursuing you. He is moving because of his compassion towards you to come and bring comfort and breakthrough and to draw near to you, to meet your needs. You know, one of my favourite things about this particular scripture is the seven large basketfuls of leftovers. I just love that. And, I, you know, you could look at that and think, well, why? Why, why would that? Why would? Why seven leftovers? Why seven, seven baskets full? Isn't that just a waste? Isn't that just over the top? But I think, again, it tells us something about what the Heavenly Father's like, that he is not just, he's not a father of just enough. He's a father of lavishness. He's generous. He's over the top. And so the truth is that, he wants to meet our needs, but he wants to meet more than what we need as well. He's the kind of father who is lavish and over the top and wants to give us more than we need as well. And so I want to encourage us, let's raise our expectations. He is so good and he is rushing towards us this morning. The truth is everything we need is found in him and so much more than we need as well. That's the truth. So we have a father in heaven who cares about and wants to meet our needs. And the second thing I just want to look at is that nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Now just imagine the scene for a moment. The crowd with Jesus consisted of 4,000 men, but also there would have been women and children. And so let's just, as a conservative estimate, say there were 6,000 people. Now think about the King's House Auditorium for a minute. I, I reckon, it, 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 let's imagine it can seat around 500 people if it's, if it's at capacity. I think it's actually a little bit more than that, but for the sake of my ability to do maths, let's imagine it's 500. So I want you just to imagine for a minute the auditorium full of people plus another auditorium full of people plus another auditorium full of people 12 times. 12 times. That's kind of the number of people we're talking about, okay, in the crowd. Now I want you to imagine seven of these. Okay, seven of these, although it wouldn't have looked anything like this. Seven loaves of bread and a few small fish. Jesus fed 6,000 plus people with seven loaves of bread and a few small fish. Everyone ate as much as they wanted. The Bible tells us all of them were satisfied. And there were then seven basketfuls, large basketfuls of leftovers of the food. Wow! Can you get your head around that? Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. He can do anything. And I really believe this morning that God wants to lift our eyes. He wants to give us a moment just to pause and to take our eyes off of COVID and the economy and politics and money situations and family situations and what's going on in the nations of the world. He just wants to give us a moment this morning just to lift our eyes off of what's, what's going on around us and fix them firmly on him so that we can remember who it is we're coming to this morning, so that we can remember that he is on the throne and that nothing is impossible for him. You know, this past year has been difficult for so many different reasons. There's been such a focus on sickness and death. <clears throat> and I think that's brought with it anxiety and fear. And there's also been a lot of emphasis on science and statistics. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm hugely grateful for our gifted scientists who have helped us work out how best to navigate this pandemic. But 
I know that personally I have had to really fight to lift my eyes and my heart and my thinking above what I'm seeing around me, what I'm reading on my phone, what I'm hearing in the news. And what's happened for me personally is I think over this year, bit by bit, my faith has been chipped away at and it's shrunk. And I think that might be true for many of us because we've been so aware of what's been going on around us. There's been a fight for where our eyes are focused. And I think this morning, God is inviting us to look up and remember nothing is impossible for him. Jesus is still on the throne. He is far above every other principality and power. He has defeated sin and and sickness and death and shame. He is far above all of that stuff. He has all authority. Jesus has all authority. He's sovereign and his kingdom is forcefully advancing on the earth. And he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's pursuing us with his loving kindness and his grace and his mercy. And nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible for our God. I just want you to say that after me for a moment. Nothing is impossible for God. Say after me again. Nothing is impossible for God. I just want you to imagine for a minute the thing that you feel feels like the most impossible thing in your life at the moment. The most impossible thing that you can think of. And I want you to imagine it and then I want you to say nothing is impossible for God. I, I went on holiday to the Lake District a couple of years ago now. And I remember climbing, we had a beautiful day climbing up this mountain, which later I found out was actually described as a, as a large hill. But I claim that it was a mountain because, well, it just felt big to me. But at the top of that mountain, there were, there was, the view was beautiful. It was just beautiful. You're, you just get a whole different perspective on the world, don't you? Because you're up there and you can see all the valleys and the houses and the, and the roads and they look minuscule. And... When I was up there, I, remember, I just remembered Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And all of a sudden, that, that scripture, that truth became more real and bigger to me because I thought to myself, wow, my help comes from the Lord. He made all this. This is, this is easy for him. This is his handiwork. This is just one part of one nation. But he made the heavens and the earth. And it's him who my help comes from. It's him. He's the one who helps me. And suddenly my faith was stirred. You know, the truth is it's very easy to forget this stuff. It's very easy to forget that nothing is impossible for God. And I think that's what we can learn from the disciples in this passage. Because... In verse 1, it says this, another large crowd had gathered and they'd run out of food again. So this verse suggests that this is not a new situation for the disciples. They've been in this kind of situation before. And if you flick back to Mark 5, you see the story of the feeding of the 5,000. So we see that the disciples have been in this situation before where they've seen Jesus feed 5,000 plus people with five loaves and two fish. And yet, just a little while later, they're in a very similar position. And when Jesus says to them, we're going to give them some food, their response is, how are we going to do that, Jesus? And it makes me wonder, why wasn't the response different? Why in that situation didn't they actually say to Jesus, well, Jesus, okay, I mean, we've only got seven lives and a little, few little fish, but we've seen you do that stuff with the 5,000. So let's go for it. Let's see, the, let's see it again. That wasn't their response. It seems that the disciples had forgotten what Jesus had done. Even if they hadn't forgotten deep down, it seems that they were so consumed with what was going on around them that they'd lost sight of the opportunity and the possibility because Jesus was there, anything could happen. Anything is possible with God. And you know, I can be so much like the disciples, I don't know about you, where I can see God do amazing things, staggering miracles, answer prayers, uh, prove his faithfulness to me. And then I find myself in a different position and I panic and I get fearful and I wonder, is God going to break in? And I've forgotten the history of his faithfulness and his goodness. And it hasn't changed how I respond to future situations. I can so easily be like the disciples and forget and lose, uh, lose sight of the truth. 
And you know, we've got to learn from the disciples that it's much easier than you think to forget what God's done and what he's able to do. And so we've got to make a decision to be intentional about remembering. We've got to make a plan to remember. As we remember, as we're intentional about thinking about who God is and what he's done in our lives and through other people's lives and in other people's situations, it fixes our eyes on him and faith stirs in our hearts. When we remember, it lifts our eyes to him. And irrespective of what's going on around us, we can stay in a place of faith and expectation because we're looking at the one for whom nothing is impossible. And so I just want us to take a couple of minutes now just to to respond and to remember, just to grab your phone or a piece of paper and write down some stuff that you want to remember that God has done in your life, what you've heard about him doing in other people's lives, just to start the process of making a plan to remember. I've been doing this for a while now, so I have a note on my phone. And so far since January, I've got 35 stories written on there, either stuff I've seen God do or I've heard him do with other people. And I tell you, looking back over it, it is so encouraging because it reminds me nothing is impossible for him. And so I want us to just take a couple, a couple of minutes now um, to write some stuff down, to be intentional about remembering. Let's do that together now, shall we? the truth is we've got so much to be thankful for I want to encourage you to come back to this note and just just meditate on this stuff you know this story shows us that we have a father who knows about and cares about our needs and wants to meet them and not just meet them but abundantly he has more than we need we also learn from the scripture nothing is impossible for God nothing is impossible for him And our job is to keep our eyes fixed on him so that the truth stays at the forefront of our minds and our hearts. I want to encourage us. Let's raise our expectation. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Let's, as Psalm 121, let's do this as it teaches us. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's just pray real quick as we finish. Yeah, Father, we just thank you so much for what this story shows us about who you are and what you're like, that you are a kind Father, you love to rush in and meet our needs, but also more than what we need. And we thank you, Father, also for the truth that nothing is impossible for you. And I just pray for each one of us who's listening and watching right now, Father, you would come and meet with us, that you would seal these truths in our hearts that any over-familiar in our hearts about this story would be broken off and we would be amazed and be in awe and wonder at your ability, Father, at your kindness, at your generosity. Father, help us to be a people who remember, who fix our eyes on you, who lift our gaze above everything that's going on around us so that we see the truth that you are still on the throne and you are sovereign and you are in charge and nothing is impossible for you. And I just pray for anyone watching who doesn't yet know you, Jesus. God, come speak to them. 
come meet with them would they know your kindness and your love drawing them to you we ask all of this in your precious name and for your glory father amen amen Thank you so much, Wendy, for bringing these truths. And I just had a sense that around this whole morning, whether this is all things that we're so familiar with or whether this is the first time we're hearing it, there is life springing up in our hearts as we, as we receive the word of God for us this morning, as we hear what he wanted to implant. So just anticipate today, just have, take a moment, imagine if I receive these truths, this uh, message that Wendy shared with us, what God's spoken to me during worship, what, what, if I let that plant itself as a seed in my heart, what's the fruit of that going to be in my life today? And just anticipate yeah, the growth, the development, the life that comes as we, as we receive what God wants to give to us. So yeah, I pray that you're really blessed and you're able to fully receive what you've heard today. Fantastic. And we always want to particularly say that if you are new to the King's Arms, maybe you've stumbled across the King's Arms online meeting for the very first time, you're so welcome. And I hope that it's given you a sense of excitement and faith and an awareness that actually God is for you and not against you. And it's his desire to even be in a relationship with you. And if that is you, and you'd appreciate maybe even talking to someone about it, then there's a, a, a link where you've got the opportunity of chatting to someone right now. And there's a team there who would love to talk to you about what it means to know Jesus, what it means to be in a relationship with him. And so I just encourage you that, that for, for us, it's been a life transformational decision who are part of the King's Arms. And um, you know, there's nothing better than you can do than know your creator and realize that if he's both with you now, but also promises to be with you for all of eternity. And so whatever your situation, we hope that today has really blessed you. And so we want to say thank you so much for being with us on this King's Arms online meeting from both Katie and I.